Hello, welcome to the ABD Talk, a podcast about accelerating adoption of analytics, digital, and design. This is Michelle Liu. Welcome you back to the episode two of the ABD Talk, demystifying agile. I hope you are as excited as me to start this new episode. It's not a secret that many organizations are currently using agile to drive organizational changes, improve project effectiveness, and respond to ever-changing customer requirements. Today, we are inviting one of the good friends. Um, Tom Somerville and to join our episode. Tom is an experienced senior Agile coach who has spent decades in assisting organizations to adopt Agile methodology and drive cultural changes. Tom is also a co-founder of Agile TO, one of the largest media groups here in Toronto, where he spent lots of time bridging the gap between technical solutions and business goals. Thanks Tom for coming to the show. My pleasure. Before we start, Tom, could you give us a brief summary of your career and explain how you started in pursuing a career as an Agile coach? Uh, I guess I always embraced Agile principles without really having a name for them. Going back to the very beginning of my career, my exposure to more formal Agile practices goes back about 12 years when I was hired as a director of development for a company that were starting up a software development arm and stood up a bunch of scrum teams because one of the co-founders was very avid about this new way at the time of uh, developing software and uh, that was uh, pretty exciting. Stood up those teams and hired a bunch of scrum masters and uh, got uh, got a lot of traction out of that and since then I've kind of moved through a number of agile roles in both the public and private sector most recently and a couple of the banks as an agile coach. Interesting. I think definitely mirrors a lot of people's kind of a similar journey in becoming an agile coach starting as a developing manager, like development manager or anyone working in the software industry. Mm-hmm. So well I guess to start a conversation, I would like to ask you the first question. Sure. What is Agile? It's a big question. Uh, I guess I would say, broadly speaking, Agile is a set of tools and practices which, uh, for the most part, is associated with software development. Uh, I think IT was the uh, most needy part of most businesses, and so that's where these things came from. In uh, in summary, in a way, it's uh, it's a new approach for doing that work, uh, a different mindset about doing software development, and it turns out other forms of work as well. Entails a pretty major culture shift and a different way of operating, uh, but in the end, is broadly applicable for a lot of different types of work. I heard often uh, people are using. Agile and Scrum interchangeably, and I'm just curious to know what are the differences between those two? I would say that Scrum is the most popular approach for Agile. It's a framework with a defined set of tools and roles that is proven. Mm -hmm. Agile is a, a broader term that encompasses Scrum, Kanban, and a number of other practices that are together referred as uh, referred to as Agile. That is more about the broad principles, the mindset, uh, really a a method of operating as opposed to the specific tools that are used in a system like Scrum. Got it. That makes sense. So as we talk about adopting Agile, do you think organizations today are fully embracing uh, Agile concept yet? I would have to say it's early days. I think there are some organizations that are already 
pretty sophisticated agile practitioners. The smaller the organization and the newer it is in a way, the more likely it is to have embraced agile or to have agile in its DNA. You hear about the Shopify model as kind mm -hmm. of a, an exemplar of agile practice. And still. Well, it's, uh, it, it's a company that started out agile and it's That's young right. enough that it's just brought that whole practice along. And it's interesting because Shopify model is an ever-changing thing. It's mm -hmm. not what it was when it was documented a number of years ago. It evolves all the time. Uh, larger organizations, I think, still struggle because of that mindset change, the culture shift that's really needed, because they're starting from a place of years or decades of practice in project management that are at odds with an agile way of operating. And so they struggle to really bring in some of these practices successfully. That's very interesting, actually. Uh, coincidentally, and we, do, we have invited uh, Sarah Sue from Shopify to join our upcoming panel discussion, you know, explaining to us uh, how, how organizations like Shopify adopting Agile methodology, running their kind of analytic projects as well. I'm really excited so, to see that. Yeah, for sure. So, well, I guess based on your assessments and in terms of the agile maturity across different organizations, it really depends on the size, depends on their, um, I guess, mentality to start with. Well, sure. And uh, in a lot of cases, you have uh, small pockets of success within these large organizations where they have been able to bring to bear these practices on typically areas of the business that have a requirement for rapid change, faster time to market, some of these other benefits. Right. Well, some people actually comment on the fact that requirements are constantly being changed or updated uh, in Agile projects, and it seems to be chaotic. So as an Agile coach, how do you respond to that? <laughs> have you ever worked in software development? Because in my experience, it's pretty much always chaotic. <laughs> um, joking aside, uh, I think really what Agile, what Scrum in particular does, is to embrace the change that often leads to chaos and to create a framework and a structure that allows that change to happen without as much chaos if mm -hmm. it's being done in a way that is structured and that is embraced by both the team members and the leaders in the organization who are supporting them. And, uh, you know, you, you may be familiar with the Iron Triangle, which mm. is that, uh, that, that, you know, three elements of a project, of right. the, uh, the funding, the, the time box, time, and the yes. scope. Yes. And what Scrum does is acknowledge that scope changes. Mm -hmm because software projects in this day and age are basically trying to serve an audience whose needs change quickly as the market shifts and also meet expectations that are set by digital tools, by mobile devices. And being able to respond quickly, which the iterative nature of Scrum and Agile allows, is a way of allowing that scope to change without a lot of cost. Mm. The traditional IT methods tended to lock in that scope and insist that everything be delivered, even mm. if it was no longer needed. I see. So, that, so that's why all the time box it makes sense, because since we're letting the scope to be kind of fluctuated that's based right. on the requirements, and you just have to meet the timeline, but also at the same time um, maintaining the same amount of cost. 
Exactly, yeah. And in many ways, costing agile teams is more straightforward because you can you can know how much each sprint mm-hmm. of activity is going to cost you because you've got a set number of team members, the run rate for that is known. And you can say, right, we're going to invest X amount, and that gives us so many sprints, so we know what our cost is. We trust that team to deliver the highest value work in that time. And then all that's variable is the scope of work in each sprint, which is potentially reprioritized based on business value. Well, do you think agile pro- projects are usually cheaper then? Um, they can be. Uh, let's face it, a line of code is a line of code. It doesn't matter what methodology you're using, it's going to take just as long to write a line of code. What Agile does is help teams to write the right lines of code so that they're not going and doing a whole lot of work that is, it turns out, not needed or uh, devoted to functionality that users are not particularly in need of. That makes sense. So since we uh, talk a lot in terms of uh, demystifying what Agile truly means, can you just quickly summarize uh, the key benefit for organizations to adopt Agile principles? Sure. I mean, it goes back to uh, what I was talking about previously about uh, writing the right lines of code. It's, uh, there's a phrase that the Agile community uses occasionally, which is maximizing work not done. So business, typically embodied in a product owner who's working closely with the team, looks at the work each sprint, typically every two weeks in a sprint review, and from that provides feedback, uh, gets user input, and then potentially reprioritizes the work, but is also entitled to say, we're done. You've given us everything that we need. Everything's functioning now. We have a bunch of additional stuff in the backlog, but we're not going to do it because we don't need it. Mm -hmm. That's where the savings can really accrue because then, again, you're not putting time into work on functionality that it turns out you don't need. That's right, and there's the incremental value being delivered. Right. One of the other benefits with that incremental iterative model is that often teams can deliver to the market more quickly. So you have that much quicker cycle time, quicker feedback, and faster time to market for teams that are firing on all cylinders in an agile context. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, so based on your experience, do you think all projects are suitable to be executed in an agile fashion? Um, I think most ultimately will be, uh, depending on support from the enterprises that are undertaking those projects. I think one exception would be um, big construction projects, for example, where scope being variable on a bridge project is probably not appropriate. But there may be subsets of that where you can apply these principles and get benefit from agile practices without fully adopting agile across the entire uh, initiative itself. I think really one of the real prerequisites for this is uh, leaders who are uh, dedicated to adoption of these practices, who understand the rationale for making the change and are willing to bear the cost of a transition, uh, because without that you'll have teams that wind up butting their heads up against the uh, existing structures and processes and uh, that doesn't necessarily go well. So Tom, you have been working with a lot of different organizations. Um, So what's your secret sauce uh, you can give out to organizations 
that want to accelerate its own IHL adoptions. Hey, if I told you that, then uh, <laughs> no one would have to hire me anymore. <laughs> Joking side, um, I think the advice that I would give to organizations that are setting out on this journey would be to start small. Don't go big bang and try and get everybody on board at once. Uh, there are just too many risks associated with that. I've seen too many instances of large enterprises in particular that wind up trying to uh, make this huge shift and leaving too many people behind who wind up mm -hmm. being resistors. And so starting with, uh, uh, with a smaller group I think is, uh, is appropriate. Um, I think you have to watch out for the one size fits all approach. Um, the, uh, uh, the this kind of uh, consultant that comes in and tells you, right, here's a solution for your entire enterprise. I uh, think there's uh, it's unlikely that that's going to be effective because different parts of the organization are going to need different solutions. Um, I worked with one public service organization where uh, the product owner came from a communications team for one of the ministries in the government. And they, in working with the software development team, saw some things that they liked in terms of the agile practices that were being applied to get the work done. They asked me to come in and help them to implement some of these practices to help them with their work, which had nothing to do with software development. Mm -hmm. This is a communications team, writers and designers and communicators. And uh, so the kinds of tools and practices that I wound up recommending for them were very different from what a software team might implement. They still wound up with iterative work, they still wound up with some of the same practices, but it was a subset and it was uh, really tailored to what they needed. And so a one-size-fits-all solution there would not work and, uh, and really coming in and looking at what people need is so critical. So that just exemplifies Agile principle can be used in different domains, not just software engineering function, it could be communication, marketing, HR, anything. Absolutely. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of my clients, one of the big five banks in Canada, brought these principles to their marketing team. And so they had a group of individuals, again, with no IT skills, because those weren't needed for this particular initiative, but they were writers, communicators, designers, who then adopted these practices. And in this case, it was much closer to kind of an out-of-the-box Scrum implementation, but definitely variations on the theme to accommodate the fact that you're not delivering code here, you're not testing mm -hmm. software. You're doing, it's a very different product that you're delivering. That's right. So what are the common people that managers and executives need to watch out for? So uh, it partly goes back to what I was saying previously. I think uh, doing agile by the book, so kind of going, right, we're going to adopt SAFE as a scaled framework and <laughs> put, it, put it all across the organization is risky. I think you need to be ready to adapt and to tailor the agile practices to the organization and to teams within the organization. Uh, I think, as I said before, going too big too soon is a definite uh, risk. Um, one of the big ones I've seen is treating agile as an IT practice exclusively. Uh, one of the, the banks that I've worked with found that the IT implementation was proceeding and they were hiring scrum masters, they were 
building teams, uh, putting in the cadence and having the stand-ups and so forth. But when they approach the business about providing a product owner who's the crucial role, who is mm -hmm. prioritizing the work, the business's response was, no one told us about this. We don't have the bandwidth for that. We're not doing it. Right. That happens actually all the time. And I'm pretty sure you got comment like, well, my team is really swamp and I cannot dedicate full-time resources on this project. I might be able to give you a couple people you can share. It's right? off the side of the desk work and that is risky because the collaboration that's so critical to this way of working is much more difficult to achieve when you have that kind of part-time commitment. So how do you manage that? Uh, Buy-in from all of those concerned and this goes back to having that executive support mm -hmm. and having that high enough up in the organization that both business who have the budget and are calling the shots in terms of the value of the work and the technologists who are actually delivering it are all on board for this change so that the transformation is uh, universal or sufficiently universal at least for the groups that are involved that you've got everybody that you need collaborating together. So I think a big part of a, uh, agile, running an Agile project is to encourage collaborations and innovations and identifying a new way um, things can be done better. Mm -hmm. So definitely, and I think, I tend to agree with you, um, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, people and still thinking about Agile is a very IT-driven uh, thing, mm -hmm. rather than they can definitely implement Agile in their operations in their kind of day-to-day -day business as well. I think the product owner is probably the most important role in an agile implementation because mm -hmm. it's that bridge between business and technology. That individual needs to own a network of stakeholders and users ideally and bring their feedback back to the team so that you get that tight loop of feedback and a lot of the benefits flow from that collaboration. Makes sense. So let's change our focus for a bit. We can talk about maybe career. So what other recent trends have you uh, have been witnessing in shifting the demands of Agile project management? Or like, you know, we talk about Scrum Master, Agile PM. Any kind of uh, observation there? Well, certainly there's a lot of demand right now. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a uh, um, being driven by uh, adoption in a number of large organizations. Uh, certainly here in Toronto, we see the big five banks competing for people with these skills. And uh, a lot of uh, digital initiatives within these large organizations are finding that they absolutely need to adopt an agile approach because otherwise they're not going to keep up with potential competitors in the market. They won't have the nimbleness that they need, the ability to pivot quickly and deliver when market changes or opportunities arise. So what other skill set you think will be the mostly desirable in this workplace? The big thing really, and we've talked a lot about collaboration, is soft skills. Really communication and ability to collaborate with people, facilitation skills, presentation, all these things are uh, much more prevalent on an agile team than they would be in a typical traditional IT shop where you had developers sitting off in a corner uh, typing away on a keyboard all day. Uh, we asked these people to come a bit out of that into a more collaborative context and uh, so those skills are crucial. There are uh, 
uh, in the context of software development, hard skills as well. Uh, there's the kind of modern IT stack and a knowledge of test automation, of uh, good code management practices. All these kind of 21st century approaches to software are even more important, arguably, in an agile work stream than they would be in a traditional waterfall context. Mm, makes sense. So we actually have a one last question. Tom, you are invited as a speaker uh, in ABD Scale Analytics Project Management events on October 3rd, so where you're going to speak about why Agile matters. And I'm just curious because right now there's a trend of a kind of a combining analytics project management and with Agile methodology. So I'm just curious to know, like, what's your what's your like take on this? Well, uh, I think that in many ways, an analytics project is no different from any other technology project in certain regards. Uh, you're still going to want to have dedicated teams. Uh, you're going to want that modern IT stack, arguably even more than on certain other types of projects, because you want the performance, you want uh, a lot of uh, clarity about data and so forth in the context of analytics. and. Uh, like all projects, that support from senior leadership uh, champions in the organization is going to be crucial to success for uh, analytics projects uh, because you know they're they're consumers of these things, and if uh, you don't have that support, you're uh, you're going to struggle. And uh, I guess finally, it's about that mindset shift, that new approach, new culture in the organization. Uh, it's going to help to ensure the success of, uh, of any project and uh, is arguably the hardest part of mm -hmm. an agile transformation. Absolutely. I am definitely put my heart into driving um, scale AI across different organizations. I really hope Agile can help me um, do a better job and, and pushing this initiative um, at more and more organizations. So, Great. Cool. I guess I was looking forward to talking to you on October 3rd. Thank you everyone, I guess, for listening. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you.